Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. We're coming to you a day earlier than usual this week, recording on Wednesday morning. Uh, so we don't have final declarations, but we've still got anti-post prices and entries to get stuck into ahead of this weekend's action at Asker and Haydock. And here we need to go through it with us once again is Mr James Watson. How are we, Paul? Doing well. Um, again, another weekend of head-scratching results. Uh, plenty of short price favourites beaten. Uh, none of our selections, well, none of my selections necessarily running well. Um, but hopefully, doing it a day early this week will hopefully change the, the bad run of form I seem to be on. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, weekend. It's an odd time of year, though, isn't it? It is an odd time of year. Like, last weekend we saw a small run. Like, horses losing that really shouldn't be losing, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I mean, the the last weekend's results were just hilarious. I I went on the teller, said Granatine had won the champion, uh, would have bet in the champion chase and might even win it, and then he lost to two handicappers, and then Zanza won a great team. Uh, John Bond Bond had a race. Yeah, yeah. Although we've probably learned a bit more about him than we would have done if he just had a a hat round. But it was odd. And it'll probably be odd again this weekend, Jim, because the ground is going to be a rattling fast once more, which should make things difficult. Even Haydock is going to be fairly quick, his ground. Yeah, it will be, yeah. And that's going to uh, maybe throw a couple of spanners in the works when it comes to trying to pick the winners from an anti-post point of view. That being said, we might as well crack on and we'll start at Ascot with the Reynolds Town Novices Chase. They bet Bold Endeavour 5-4, Gallia Dilato 7-4, Kinondo Quetu 9-2, Super Survivor 6s, Flash Colonge 10s, Oscar Elite 10s, 11s JJ Riley and 16-1. Mortluck. Tricky this, Jim. Uh, I've had a look and tried to find us to whether Gallia Dilato is, is coming here. Uh, I think she'd be fav if she was, uh, but I've not been not been able to find uh, anything anything concrete as of yet to suggest she is going to turn up here, and she probably is a a, a soft ground horse. A bold endeavour who looks very much the type to take to this test and, and has form on on quick ground. I get why he heads the market. Yeah, same here. Um, I've been really impressed with, with how he's jumping early on. In, uh, but last time out, his, his round of jumping wasn't as, as good as what it's been. Um, he jumped a little bit out to his right and he made the occasional error. Um, but his, his turn of, of pace against the others was, was just different gravy. He's, I'm surprised that they're stepping up to, to three miles. And obviously it's graded, graded action from novices. Um, and he ran in a novice handicap last time, didn't he? But um, I thought he's got a lot more speed than, than what he's shown. And, and obviously, trainers, well, Laura Morgan, who trained him last season, uh, thought the same to chance him in the three mile grade one at Aintree. Um, that was an awful race, though. It was. And, and I do think he has improved for offence. 
he's one that I think would have fit the mould for the novice handicap this season. And um, he's going to have to go a different route and, and probably either go back into handicap company or, or, or take on the others. He's only got the enter in the turners, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, I, I think Bold Endeavour, I'd still rather have Bold Endeavour over Galliard and Little. Uh, I know the bullish comments from Dan Skelton yesterday, but um, still not fully sold on it yet. I, I, she has improved for, for fences. We saw what she did in that listed fillies and mares. Of course, she was disappointed on Boxing Day, and she beat Complete on Loan round Warwick. Now, I know the Goth has come out and won since. Uh, in that handicap at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, but she just... I don't want to say she got the run of the race, but the, most races around Warwick, you get in the lead on a novice that's jumping. They're very, very hard to take back. And complete unknown isn't exactly the start type of horse. Looking back at it now, isn't the type of horse that suited quick fences down the back straight, to, on the bend straight away and kicking on. Like that. He takes a bit of time to warm up, and I think we saw that uh, on the second on, the, on his start at Foss last when he won. He took a fair amount of rousting. So I, I'm not fully sold on that on that form. I know it was a grade two, the Hampton Court. She comes here. I, I, if she comes here, I'd like to see her do it again before I judge a, a strong opinion. I'm not, I'm not fully sold on how good she is yet, because I don't, I, I, this could be. Horrendous, but I don't think she's that good. Just yet. I, I I wasn't I wasn't sold on her before Kempton, but I I I think it was a tidy enough performance at Warwick. Uh, like the way she jumped on that occasion. I think Paul Endeavour's a, a pretty solid, a solid candidate though. If if Gallia Little doesn't doesn't turn up, a couple of others are probably a. Still going in the right direction. Kiron Doquatu is, you know, arriving here after five wins. Something like that. It was ridiculous from this season. Uh, won his final start back in the last year as well. Uh, he, he could be one for a nice handicap uh, down the line. But I think Baldwin Devers probably probably the likeliest winner of this race, mate, even though, he, even though he's a short price. It's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty... Average race, though, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah. Moving on, but to the 2.25, the Swinley handicap chase. Revels Hill, 13-2, to two, to be Ashtown Lad, who's sevens. Laskalin, also sevens. Fortescue, eights. Captain or nines. Tens, Danny Kerwin. Farinet, I will do it. Phoenix Way, 14s. Dunboyne. Interesting to see whether there's any intention of running him. I'd be surprised if so, but uh, if they've just entered him to see what sort of mark the British handicap will give him. And then 16 is I right, Neon Moon, one true king. Sporting John. Tricky this, mate, because those towards the head of the betting, like Ash, Ashtown lad you're looking at, you know, Laskalin, you know, these are all real stayers. Revels Hill the same. I mean, the, the, the anticipated ground might just decimate this field. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, like you said, it, it could suit a speedier sort, and uh, we've seen like, even Fortescue to some extent. I know 
Um, he won the race last year and he's back to his last winning mark, but the ground could absolutely shatter this. Um, yeah, an absolute bit of a head scratcher at this stage. Um, like I said, Fortis Q, if the ground did turn, I, I, I'm, I've been of the opinion that this season's been a little bit of a letdown. Um, I was expecting a little bit more from this season after we've third to half a guy and he had a great season last year with behind five star getaway, he won this. Um, and if there's a, uh, if there's a little bit of good to soft around, he has won on that before. Um, I, I think he, he, he'd do that. Uh, and he'd go on that ground and, uh, around eight to one, I'd wait till the day, but he'd be the one I'd be siding with a little bit more. Like you said, Revels Hill's got plenty of stamina about him. And, and if I will do it, runs, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, of course, it's the fiasco. He needs his one more run uh, to run in the national. If he turns up for the race, pulls up after a one fence, BHA bring him in. Sam Thomas in his dad Shepherd and say, "What are you doing here?" And he goes, "Well, we need one more run for the for the national. What what are they going to do about it? Are they going to ban the horse? Are they a bit of a shambles, really? When you think about it." Do you not think there should be some style of like winning your in campaign for for major national winners, Welsh national winners, Scottish national winners, Hennessy winners? No, I don't, mate. Uh, I, I, I get why people I get why people think that, uh, but I, I don't like the idea of handicap winners. Uh, winning your in races being handicaps, really, because obviously you know. The best, you know, doing it the best horse at the weights is a shocking system, overcomplicates everything. But winning you're in, you know, the two amigos won the Welsh National off for marking the 120s this yeah. year, you know. Highland Lodge won the beach off like, what, 124, something really daft like that. And again, I'm, I'm getting Grand National nerdy here. But the handicapper has added, added weight just as he's uh, compressed it at the top to horses to help them get in before he did it with Highland Lodge uh, and gave him a couple of extra pounds to try and help him into the race as a beach winner. And I think he, he may have also done the same to Alvarado one year after, after he'd finished fourth the previous season. Uh, don't quote me on that. He definitely did it to Ovenyat, uh, who didn't end up running the National because Enderbolger kicked off and said, oh, why have you added so much to my horse's weight? And the handicapper said, you know, he's a good cross-country horse. We won him in, uh, so that 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 went the wrong way. So the handicap isn't the uh, isn't the issue here. It's the the six run rule, and I I don't get it. To be fair, mate, I I get why on paper it'd be a, it'd be a good thing, but it doesn't. Uh, like I say, the, the, there are loopholes to it, mate, aren't there? Like you say, if if he lies up on Saturday and pulls up after the first sound. And that's it, it makes a mockery of the whole thing. I it's the same kind of with the three and a three mile, you know, finishing in the first four. Horses are qualified for that just by literally hacking hacking around the back in some dreadful small field, you know pretty much minor event chases and and got themselves qualified whereas I say that Gabby's Cross, who's been a good staying chase for Ireland this season, first six in the Paddy Power and the uh, Kerry National, I think, isn't qualified when he's run, run good races in two 
big handicaps over three miles. But if he'd have, you know, finished four for four in a in a banger novice, yeah. it'd be all right. It so it look. I have a I have a little bit of sympathy because we all know what the uh, everyone knows what the rules are, and really. I, I, I don't think it'd be too much of a... If, if it were mine, I, I would run him this weekend, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but it's... It creates another... It creates more needless obstacles. You know, we, we've seen how... How little the British entry has been this year. Uh, and it, it is a farce, mate. It is a farce. It needs looking at. It needs looking at. Because you, you say... When Horses' last two wins have been in two of the biggest staying chases in the country, and he might not be allowed to run in a Grand National, is batshit. Yeah. yeah. I, another example that normally Melrose winners get a winning you're in into the Ebo, don't they? I can't remember the horse's name. A bit of two years ago, last year. The Andrew Balding horse that was with Strawbridge. He, he won the. Oh, Valley Forge? That's the one. And then this year. Oh, I can't even remember. But he was like £10 lower than everything else and, and stopped other runners getting in the race. Now, I know that's a winning you're in race, but that's another. You're just thinking, you really shouldn't be here. It's, it's not really fair. And, and I, I, I agree with Lewis. I, I only was I, was. I was playing devil's advocate for the for the winning you're in because I, I saw it mentioned around and I we've seen it happen before where certain horses shouldn't be there. Um, and I, I agree. I, I think everyone knows what they've got to do. If they want to give their horse a grand national campaign, they know what they're going to have to do. So just follow them rules. Even if you just ran them in the summer or whatever, and then just give them plenty of time off before the handicapper can realise that that's what you're doing. Um, and I will do it as... as well, even, if, even if the ground is, is good to soft, uh, uh, for the Nationals but it, I will do it probably wouldn't run on that judging by Sam Thomas's comments so anyway enough of this debacle um, hopefully it's an exciting race and, and shows a bit of insight onto um, some national type horses Do you have a winner of this race at this stage Jim? I don't yet no um, but Captain Ord would also be on on the shortlist. He caught the eye last time, uh, running a little bit back to form at Doncaster in the Sky Bet. Um, he won the Coral Trophy last season pretty comfortably off a mark of one two seven. He's off that mark again here. Um, put up two pounds for finishing second to Cooper's Cross. I'm surprised they're not going to go that route now. I know next Saturday is the Coral Trophy, I think. Um, and obviously it's a valuable race. Um, but Captain Ord was showing signs of getting back to form. His fifth to Zanza wasn't too bad in November, um, as we've seen. And Captain Ord last time showed, showed a lot more promise. And um, I think nowadays he does want uh, a, quite a, a test in three miles. But the better ground is something that he enjoys. So I, I'd be on his side for this race and for skew depending on the ground. 
shortlist for me uh, would be Phoenix Way, last year's winner, who's got form on. I, I, I won't say quick, quick ground, but is isn't a, a thorough mud lark. Same mark as he won the race off last season, and he looked like he had a fair, fair bit in hand on that occasion. I don't think he's ran too badly on his last two outings uh, at Chepstow and Cheltenham. He is a ten to one shot. I think that's a very fair price, and he had slightly bigger, bigger price as well. And I've mentioned multiple times how strong the role of Merry form is. I Wright was fourth on that occasion. He's down to a mark of one five four. You know, really good second place effort at Kelso on his reappearance as well, off off one five six, where he was beaten by Sounds Russian. You know, that's that's really really strong Northern form. He has got form on quick ground, a winner over hurdles on good to firm. So he'd be of interest to me. He's also in the Ascot chase. He's surely likely to win this. And should they come here with him, I'd, I'd be dead keen. At sixteen to one, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I like him. I think he's overpriced. I, I don't think too many of those at the top of the betting. To be fair, like your Revels Hill and Ashtown Lad and Lascelin, are uh, not that sexy to be half the price of I right. Especially you know Ashtown Lad will be down in trip on really quicker ground. And he's, to me, he's, yeah. he's a slogger. Mm. You know, can't see him on, can't see it in that sort of event. Uh, interesting one though, pal. Onto the Ascot Racecourse supports Boxer Kids handicap hurdle. It is uh, three o'clock over two miles and three furlongs, and they bet for it. Good risk at all fives. Irish Hill same price. Hands off any bay co-favs. At five to one, West Balboa sixes, two friendly ten to be up for brawl, Jello twelves, and the same price Whiz Kid fourteen to one. But them Jimbo, twenty six of them entered. Find me the winner. <laughs> now my my oh, what's this pin? But my thinking was this race is and I was looking to get the top of the market beat. I don't. Irish Hills, the inter- of course, is the interesting one. He's the novice that's coming, or well, maybe coming over from Gordon Elliott. Um, we know what he's um, done, finishing second to Marine National, second to Champ Keeley, and he was fourth behind Le Tom uh, in the Grade One at the Dublin Racing Festival. So um, he's coming over here. Whether he's coming out over here to find out what mark he's going to get, the handicap is giving mark a one four eight. He's, of course, the interesting one. Willie won't he run. Good risk at all. Won this race last year. Um, but he is now off a mark of 143. And he was victorious in this race off a mark of 127. So um, he's still got a lot more improvement to run. He was sixth in the fixed brush off a mark of 143. The handicap has kept him the same. Um, he's a horse I've never been fully inspired by. Um, but... The quicker ground, I'd be slightly worried about. I know he's got wins on good to soft, um, but I'd be I'd be wary of that. The, the the two that caught my eye at bigger prices were the first one was Supreme Gift of Henry Daly's uh, at around fourteen to one, and um, he has won 
all of his starts when he stayed stood up. Uh, he's had four hurdle starts, three victories. Um, the other one he unseated behind Imperial Merlin, a horse who made Lewis have got a lot of time for. He did. He's done it well carrying penalties. I know they're on lesser tracks like Huntingdon, Newcastle, but he's had plenty of runs. He had plenty of bumper experience. He was second to Crambo. Uh, he was sixth behind Maximilian. He'd had plenty of runs. Um, and he's got plenty of experience. I won't be surprised if they chance their army in better company after this. Because I... I think he's worthy of it. And, and I thought the handicap has been fairly generous leaving him on a mark of 1C5. He beat Howling Mad Murdoch last time at Catrick, who'd also previously won and, and won a bumper as well. So the form is there. Um, and I've been really impressed with what he's done. Alice Stevens has been around him. We saw what she did early on in the season on Jimmy the Digger. Um, she worked miracles on him. And she seems to have get on really well with him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he the user claim here to, to take a little bit off uh, him. So he'd be on the shortlist Supreme Gift and there's been a bit of movement in the market for him recently. He was about 16s, 18s the other day. He's now into 14s. Uh, and the other one is at 25 to 1. He's Mahon's Glory. I mentioned this horse a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the River Don. You go back and watch that run, run in the River Don and he absolutely cruises into contention around that home bend. And another form might not be as good as people may think for a grade two. Maximilian and Stairway Fate were, were leading them home there. And he was in rear the whole way throughout. He, they come around the bend at Doncaster and he loomed up as if like he was going to win the race and he just got outstayed by slower horses. This step back in trip to 2-3 is something I think he'll enjoy. He beat He's the Geezer Aintree and Mexico and Ginny's Destiny. So the form is, is not a bad form line there. Um, he's off a mark of one two six, And obviously with Dennis Hogan, he had plenty of, of tries at it uh, and running in big, big field novices and, and couldn't get his head in front. But Dr. Richard Newland seems to have got a decent hold of him. I was, I, I was taken by that run and he, he ran as if he just didn't stay three miles. And the pedigree suggested he won't want three miles. Um, but a well-run two-mile three-round Ascot, Mahon's Glory is a, is a horse I'm, I will be taking side with at the weekend. Um, I've got no queries on the ground. He's he run on good in Ireland and he's he's ran it good at Doncaster a couple of weeks ago. So he's a horse I've I think there's a there's a nice handicap to be won with him. I think the market's slightly underestimated him a bit uh, at 25. But um, like like you said, it's it's wide open at this stage. And if he holds his place, they're, they're the two that I'll I'll be siding with the two novices, but not the obvious novice that everyone thinks uh, will be winning this. That's interesting. Mate. I like the case. I like the case. I I think Supreme Gifter as well has has got a cracking chance here. Uh, one who I just think remains a, a particularly well-treated horse, and this could be the sort of race to see him to really good effect, is 50 ball. Uh, he's 14 to one shot here. I don't, I, I don't really see why he wouldn't run uh, for the moves. He was, he won over course and distance in a little forerunner event uh, on his final outing last term. You know, he's, he's got a Proper turn of foot for a, for a jumps horse. To be fair to him, obviously, was he not runner-up in the uh, Betfair hurdle back in the day as well behind Soaring Glory? Uh, made his return in the in the Lanzarote. Uh, 
obviously everyone pulled up on that day. He never really got involved, but he did travel well until about three out just before the straight or early in the straight. So he wasn't he wasn't done with early, even though he didn't make make much of an impact. Uh, certainly entitled to be sharp. I, I, I think that was a very uh, cobwebby run. And now ready to go first time up on, on ground that I think will suit him. You know, he's done done winning on, on good ground. Uh, in his French days, he won on, won on good to firm. So no no debates there that he'll be effective on, on quick ground. O- only a pound higher than, than for his last win. Uh, and if, if he were to go look through his back form you'd say he's he still looks on a good mark on one to eight. So I'd I'd be quite keen on fifty ball mate at fourteen still on a good race here. Yeah, that's a fair enough point. He's he's marked Scott um like you said to a pound a pound above what he won at Ascot last year. So um uh, yeah, I'd I'd certainly add him to the short list, but uh, like we know we don't know who's who's going where. The Ascot Chase Jimbo, the bet for that, the grade one of the Saturday, the final one before the Cheltenham Festival, for Kier is 11-8 to eight to beat Pick Dory, who's 5-2. to two. Same price, Shishkin, 8's Miller's Bank, 14's 2 for gold, 16's First Flow, 18's Paint the Dream, 22 Stolen Silver, 40 Manila Drama, and 50. I write, this is a really, really interesting race. Do you retain any faith in Shishkin, Jim? No. Oh, that, that hurt. Um, I'd like to see him do it uh, first. And do I want to be taking a price that, that's that's shorter than five to one about him? No. Has he got the ability? Um, quite clearly, yes. Do I think he needed the step up in trip? I think he's needed it for a bit, but I want to see him do it first. And he's just not jumped with the same enthusiasm as he did previously. Well, last time, I, I, at no stage did I think Nico de Bonneville thought he was going to win that. He was permanently off the bridle again, very similar to what we saw at Cheltenham. And that race at Ascot just broke him a little bit. And I'd like to see him bounce back to form. If Fakir Duderi comes here, I think he'll get the better of him. I know that we we saw a, a workmanlike Fakir, and probably if, if Horson Kalor hadn't have knuckled on landing at the last, he probably would have finished second in the end. However, he did brush aside French Dynamite, and he was staying on fairly strongly. Like, if you'd have told me turning for home that Fakir beats French Dynamite, I'd have probably laughed at you. Um, but he he did end up winning fairly comfortably. Did the other two take each other on? Possibly, yes. Um, he was impressive in this last year, um, beating two for goals, which I know that sounds pretty pathetic, but it was a pretty wacky year of, of the Betfair Ascot chase. Um, it's no better this year apart from Shishkin, and 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 if if he turns up. I'd probably be signing for with him at this with, with at this stage with an unpredictable side of Shishkin. I'd like to see him do it. 
Does, does this mean Chishkin's a live player in the, in the Ryanair now? I mean, he'll run here or the Gold Cup, won't he? At Cheltenham. Uh, I think what happens on Saturday will, will, will be uh, the deciding factor, really. I think if he wins the Ascot chase, I think, I think he has to run in the right there. I think if he... He's outspeeded in the Ryanair chase, which I, I think is a possibility and looks like he wants to go again, uh, up in trip again. I could see him winning in the Gold Cup, but I think he'd be t- a 2016 shot in the Gold Cup. Uh, Fikir Dudery is just the most solid one, isn't he? And I, I'm a massive Pick Dory fan, and I kind of regret not, not, I kind of regret not backing him for the Ryanair when, when he was still a bit of a price for it. Uh, I have backed for Kia Dudery for the Ryanair, just because I know he's got to go there. And uh, he's just a very, very, very solid proposition. Uh, I I was perhaps a little bit less impressed than other people were uh, when he won the Kinlock Bray. I thought he only really shaped about Third, third best, fourth best for most of the race. Shackland found nothing, but travelled through the race better than Fakir Dudery. Uh, obviously, Horton Colour would have won it had he stood up. And if you were to ask me at the last as well, I'd have still thought French Dynamite probably had the upper hand on Fakir Dudery, and then obviously French Dynamite made a bit of an error at the last as well. Uh, so... I, I, I perhaps wasn't as impressed with his win at Furley as, as other people were, but he did do well to get up on, on that occasion, having not... He's looked the likely winner for a, for a long... Uh, for, a, for a large proportion of the race, he uh, hit 29 on Betfair, having gone off 2.82. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a fair fair disparity. But that being said, he won this race last year. You know, won won the Melon. It's just a really solid, solid profile. He's second in the John Durkin. I, I think he's 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 decent. You know, lifetime ambition and Autumn Colour who would have beaten him last time. Uh, we're both behind him on that occasion. Obviously, no match for Gallop and Deschamps, but th- there's just less to less to prove with Akira Dudry as, as there is with Shishkin, who needs to prove he's still got it. And Pick Dory, who will find life harder, kind of uh, flat track bullying, inferior grade two, grade three, you know, one fifty odd opposition, and that's that's coming from a man who's been a huge fan of Pick Dory since day one. Uh, can't really have any of the others, to be fair. I think Miller's bank is too short at eights. Probably should be fourteens, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, Pick Dory the one for me. No, sorry, that's the opposite. Um, for oh. the reason. I've, what have I done? <laughs> Too many French-sounding names. Oh no, I'm so used to saying to, to putting Pigdori up. Oh, I flopped it. No, for Kia, for Kia. <laughs> and, and it's for Kia for me as well. Sure, you don't mean Pigdori? I'm a hundred percent out. You'd have to check me into a psychiatric ward to see me tipping up Pigdori for any form of race. Wins a lot. He wins a hell of a lot, mate. Uh, that's us done at Ascot. 
So we'll move over to Jim Watson's local track, Haydock Park. Are you there this weekend, Paul? I'm contemplating it. I am contemplating it. I haven't been for a very long time. But, yeah, I, I, I might do. Depends on the declaration. Ah. Yeah, to be fair, you, might, you don't want to end up with it being like Catrick on Monday. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go for the Rendlesham for a three-runner Rendlesham, a two-runner Grand National trial, and all of them are trained by Patrick Ha, ha, ha. It's some bulky, it's Patrick. Uh, the Victor Ladorum gym, uh, no price to that, but just say, Affidil probably the one to beat there for Paul Nichols. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was impressive first time out at Muscle. Uh, uh, Salton, sorry. He then was uh, comfortable with her at, uh, in the Scottish trial. Um, he's definitely one, the one to be. Interesting, the handicappers give him a mark of one, two, four. Interesting if they want to explore the boodles with that. I know he's got the entry in the trial. A horse that me and Lewis were just having a brief, well, I was asking some questions to see what he knew uh, before the podcast, was V12. Um, I can't imagine many slave powers have won over hurdles. And Lewis said that there's been two, did you? And one of them was in bumpers. Uh, no, yeah, he's, he's had one bump winner and two two hurdles winners of slave power. One for Peter Fahey, one for Tristan Davidson. Right. And and he's he's got another one here with Ed Walker, who I also asked Lewis, did he know how many he trained? And he's only ever had, in the last five years, he's only ever had one other runner and that's been this season but V12 um, when reverting to handicaps finished second and won on the flat over a mile and a mile and two and he was very workmanlike at Windsor over a mile and two um, he kicked for home with three to go and he, he rallied and uh, he that day he gave the impression he, he, he might want a hurdle and it's interesting that Ed Walker's gone this route with him he's gone He's entered in the deep end here in the Victor Ladorum and he's entered in the triumph. Um, a fascinating runner for me in a, in a race that's pretty poor otherwise than uh, Affidil. So I'd be interested to see what price he opens. If he opens up a big like if he opens up 20s, 33s, I might have a dabble each way on him if he turns up. And he's jocked up with BP on board. Not Black Pudding. Black Pudding? That's why it's known as Berry is the home of, of Black Buddy. Um, that's what it's known as in these ends. You live and you learn, son. You live and you learn. Uh, the Rendlesham gym. It's, it's been a while since a good one's won it, it feels like. Uh, it's an interesting one this year, though. I don't think it's good, but I think it's interesting. Next destination, 2-1-5, to one, five, now with Nicky Henderson. Earn River, 11-4. to four. Proschema, 4s. Green Buck, 9-2. to two. Itchy Feet, 6s. Ashtown Lad, 15-2. to 12-1, to one, bar them. I mean, it'll take a r- real performance for Next Destination to come and win this after almost two years off, now an 11-year-old. Clearly being such a fragile horse. Uh, he is the best of these, though, if he's still got his ability. Yeah, like, at one stage, I thought he was going to win a, a bet fair chase. Let's put that to it. 
So I must have thought he's got a lot of ability. You got to be a brave man to take you on to take uh, to be backing him though at two to one. Do you not think? The, the, the long period of time off, he's had more trainers than I've had. Doctors. He's obviously a fragile horse. So I want to be backing him. He's run well off long breaks before, didn't he? Finished second to Roxana in the uh, the West Yorkshire hurdle. It is. He's. You've got to be a brave man to back him, but you won't be surprised if he if he won at the weekend. The ground again would be another worry for me. Like he's a big, heavy animal. I, I know he's got form on soft, and he was running good ground bumpers and stuff. But I, I wouldn't exactly be uh, confident about him going on on quickest ground. Although you can't imagine Kirkland not letting Haydock get a little bit soft. Um, the horse who I think offers the value is, is Prashima. Um, we saw what he did at Weatherby. I know it was behind beating Thomas Darby, who we did recently see finally get back his head back in front. Um, and maybe he does just have a little bit of a love affair with Weatherby. Um, but he's he was disappointing in the long distance. Um, he, the race never really seemed to, to go his way. If something goes a gallop here, and he gets to settle at the back and creep in. I think he'll enjoy that. Uh, and at a bigger price, at, at four to one, I'd rather be backing him than the next destination. Earn River is a bizarre sort of horse. Like I don't, I don't get who keeps backing him. Get what I mean? Like, <coughs> like why is he eleven to four? Like what has he ever done? He's beat Beatstown over fences off one two seven. Like he got whomped by Hitman. Any horse that gets whomped by Hitman needs to go and have a long guard look at themselves. And, he, and Hitman whomped Itchy Feet. They're just ridiculous prices. Like, why are they running? And I know that Itchy Feet has won since. But the, the, last, the last horse Earn River finished ahead of all the hurdles was Kansas City Chief, who was three days away from turning 14. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, uh, I'm... I wouldn't back a river with stolen money. Uh, Green Book showed signs of life, but he shouldn't be winning this. Um, it's, a, it's an absolute dire, dire grade two. It shows how bad the British flat season, uh, flat, uh, British flat season is. British jump season is, is turning out to be. Um, it's, it's genuinely worse than we actually thought. Next destination's favourite for a three mile hurdle has been offered. The year, and the next <laughs> is a horse that can't even win a race on the fences. It's oh, oh my word! Might as well turn the Rendlesham into a handicap. That make it a lot more exciting. It would be. You, you're correct there. Uh, In fact, just scrap all graded races, and we'll just have handicaps. All of them. Scrap them all. Brantoma, <sighs> sorry about that, Luke. No, you're all right, mate. Look, I, 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 you, got, you almost stunned me into silence there, mate. But for all I said, this this is a poor race, and you were uh, agreeing with me and then some. I think there is a bet in it. And, I, and I'm completely with you. Pruskema will win No, it's not. It's, uh, as I said, Pruskema will win this. Just, he should do. Just as least to prove. I know he wasn't great at Newbury last time. But he went, he went off 5-2 to two in a race that had Paisley Park. Champ, and I know Thomas Darby's Thomas Darby, but they would 
all three of them, well, possibly probably not Thomas, but Champ and Paisley both be far for this. Yeah. He won a okay renewal of the West Yorkshire Hurdle. I don't think it was dreadful by recent standards. He did win it by ten lengths, though. Yeah. Ground isn't isn't going to be a problem. We've a multiple winner on good ground. They, you know, they ran him on, on good to firm on the flat uh, in the summer. Just just very, very little to prove. And uh, Falls, I think, he's a mad price, should he turn up. Yeah. I, re- I remember seeing Prashima win uh, a novice at Haydock. It was only a four-runner race, and it was, I think it was sometime in April. And I was very, very impressed with it. It was a classic Dascombe Kingscote short price favourite at Haydock. He absolutely wants it. And if you'd have told me that, like, five years later, six years later, that he'd be third favourite for the Rendlesham, I'd probably have laughed at you. But um, he's, he's done a fair amount of progressing. And like four to one could be could be. A, I'd rather back him at four to one than than a river. But otherwise than that, it's a dire race. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd be with you on on pretty much all of that, mate. Interesting to see who rocks up in the two forty as well. The Grand National Trial, a rare occasion where it is being run before the weights come out because of a how late the national is this year. Fontaine Colonge is a 5-1 to one fav to beat Bristol de May, who's 6. Fiddler on the roof is 7. Quick wave, 8. He's Same not price. running. I want to let him go on to that. Yeah, Fiddler, I say Fiddler, Fiddler has had a setback, so he's not going to run uh, on Saturday. But he is 7-1 to one if you fancy uh, giving, giving some money to a booker. Ball <laughs> 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 presents 8. Grumpy Charlie's 10s. Omar Moretti 10s. The Two Amigos is the same price. 12's Fortescue and not a chance. 14 to 1. Bar them, very interesting this, mate, because as we say, like Fontaine Collange, uh, I guess a, a fairly progressive, grumpy Charlie, perhaps still not fully exposed in staying chasers. Horses like that, uh, Quick Wave, you know, won the London National. But they, they strike me as all boaty, and I can't really see any of them taking too well to quick ground, which could leave this field small or it could leave it wide open. And there are one or two who I'd like to uh, give a couple of shouts to. Go on, fire away. I'm intrigued here. Bottom of the weights, right towards the bottom, small present, for Sue Smith, having his second go at chasing this season, still a maiden in four starts over fences. I, I thought he ran well at market raising on on Boxing Day behind Bangers and Cash, who I've mentioned the last two weeks. Obviously, he didn't uh, really do loads for the form at Yatoxita, but I, I still retain faith that, that that was a decent race. The runner up, Jerryville. Uh, came into it in form and has ran well since. Uh, you know, beating the likes of a, a Claire de Guy and Calypso Colonge, who have, I guess, fair yardsticks at that sort of level. I I, I I don't have any real ground concerns with him, and I think he'll stay 
a fair distance. He's really interesting for me. I'll get weight from most of these. Uh, I think he could run a decent race. And the other one who I think might be a little bit... uh, Might prove capable of better again this season is Omar Moretti. Which... Might not be too obvious. He's very likely the race to say nine years of age, only seven starts under rules. Uh, and he was pulled up in the Kimura on his final start last term and then was third or fourth beaten, beaten only two lengths at air on his return. You could expect him to come on from that run. And there's just a, a, a minor suspicion for me remaining that he, he might still be able to, uh, to improve past his current mark, you know, he he, he was pitched into the Kimura and went off nine to one after winning pretty pretty small events at Catrick, and then just kind of found himself a little bit of a culture shock at Cheltenham. Uh, I think this race will be will be winnable though, and okay, he, he's not gone on the ground, he's not been tried on on quick ground before, but did did been on. Good to soft at Newcastle. I think he'll stay well. And he just appears to me as being one who they could be a little bit more upside to. And I don't think there's loads of them in the race. Uh, it's hard to be confident about anything at this stage, though. Yeah, I agree. I'm, a, I'm also in the small presence brigade. Um, we saw what he did at Haydock off of Martin 129 over hurdles. He goes well off uh, this sort of mark. Like you mentioned, the Bangs and Cash race, but I'd be more upbeat about that Weatherby handicap that he ran behind Carl Philippe. Zanza was there, the King of May, um, and he was there going far out, but he slacked a little bit of tactical speed. And, and going up a mile here, I think, will definitely seem to good effect. Um, and if they decide to go here, I, I think small pre- What price is he? Small present eight. And yeah. I think he he represents a lot of value here. Um, the other horse, he might not enjoy this test, but I'd like to see them have a go on better ground. Will be Grumpy Charlie. Um, the Warwick race, I've, I've mentioned the Warwick form. It's one of them horses where sometimes you, the horses just don't get in love with it. But uh, he cruised into the Mandarin and and stayed on strongly towards the finish. Um, he was always towards the head of the field and and his jumping was a little bit sloppy here and there, but um, he was doing it fairly easy towards the finish. The fourth come out and won since. Um, and Shanti Alley and Laskalina uh, are no mugs either. So um, I think Laskalina was second to Castle Robin as well the other week at Sandown. So the, the Mandarin form has been boosted again. Um, he's... Uh, he's been dropped a pound for his, his pulling up in the Warwick chase and I, I, I certainly think he's a, he's a progressive staying chaser and I think, uh, he could be up to winning a handicap similar to this and I still think he could, there's a little bit of movement off 140. Whether he goes on the ground is a different question but, um, the main selection is the same as Lewis's. It's, it's small present. Yeah, I like that we're both on the same page here, mate. Uh, Hopefully a decent field rock up. Uh and it'll be it'll be a tricky race otherwise, pal. Would you like to talk about the Potemps qualifier? I'll I'll give it a brief mention. Um 
I mean, party business. Uh, interesting that they're, they're going in. They obviously wanted to go chasing with him early, earlier, uh, but they, they decided to keep him over hurdles. Um, and he was fought to Romeo Brown at Haydock in May uh, in a pretense race. He's, we've not seen him as much, and he, he, he does prefer quicker ground. He won at the Grand National meeting last year, uh, beating I like the way you're thinking, Beauport and Bill Green. Uh, some nice horses there. Um, he's, he's down to a mark of 139. He's, he's slowly dropping, and he ran well off a mark of 141, so £2 below that. The better ground uh, will seem to better affect. I, I think party business. Uh, have you got prices for that, Luke? Uh, no, I don't, mate. And I think party business jocked up with Charlie Todd, uh, who rode into victory last year at Aintree. I think he will go fairly well here. Interesting, Paul. Interesting. Not nothing for me really in a, in a potential qualifier anti-post, especially with no market there. Always worth keeping an eye on. I think that is the last qualifier as well. Uh, I, I think I'm right on that. Uh, the final race we will give any mention to on the Saturday is the Kingwell Hurdle. First Street is 11 to 8 to beat Nappers Hill, who's 13 to 8. I like to move it 11 to 4. Ockenrisk, 8. Fidelio Vallis, 16 to 25. Global Citizen. And Mortlock, who is seemingly entered for every race every weekend. <laughs> 50 to 1. It's, it's got far runners, it. Uh, you're a massive First Street fan, Jim, and I think I've kind of come round to him. I was a big I like to move it fan. You were always on the First Street side of affairs. I think First Street might be a, is, is a quicker horse than I like to move it. Um, yeah, that's not a ground round Wincanton. Uh, I think we'll play to the favourite strengths. Yeah, I agree. Um, we saw that Snappers Hill got away away from Saw Royal uh, in in the elite earlier season. Uh, and I won't be surprised if the same tactics are tried, but I feel like First Street is, is quicker uh, than Saw Royal. Sadly, the old legs of his aren't as, as good as what they used to be. Um, but I think First Street, um, even if he gets beat here, I don't think it'll be the end of the world. Like, the handicapper might drop him and they run him in, in the county, maybe. Um, but I, I, I'm, I've been a big fan of first street and if the ground does turn up quick I think he will he will go very close uh, Arkham Risk obviously probably won't be running this weekend we saw what he did last week in the bet fair um, a bit of a rock and a hard place you know I like to move it you don't think now like he's too high in the handicap but he's not a grady hurdler so I don't know what they're going to do here Global Citizen will push Napa's Hill he won't get as easy a lead as what he did last time um, which will set you up for first street. I'm, I'm, I think first street is going to be one of my better bets at the weekend. Uh, if I can get anything bigger than 15 to 8, um, I will more than likely be taking it. Yeah, I, I don't think you will be getting that though, Jim, to be fair. I think he's going to be a, a pretty short price. Nappers Hill, obviously, for the yard, who have such a good record. Uh, in the King, well, probably not as good as I, as I thought. Only three wins in the last, sorry, four wins since the turn of the century. I'd have thought he'd have absolutely farmed it. Uh, it's still, still an all right enough record, I guess, but probably, probably less than I'd have expected. I've proven myself wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see Nappers Hill running well here, and I don't think it was too a too poor an effort in the Real Keel. Obviously, won the elite over C&D earlier in the season. 
uh, that could be the race I'm, I'm confusing myself with that Nichols uh, does does really well in. but that being said pal I, I, I just think first street first street I think everything's going to be going to be playing towards his strengths I don't think there's loads between them uh, fractionally prefer him I think the winner will be one of the two yeah I agree more than that any anti-post nap or, or the, your most interesting bet at this stage, pal? If you were to have one bet. Um, well, go. Can it be a double? Can I have an each-way double? Yeah, go on. Three o'clock at Ascot, supreme gift. And... More present in the Grand National Track. Oh, lovely, lovely. For me, it's fifty ball. Oh, oh. Christ, does mate. Enough. It'll pay enough. <laughs> uh, fifty balls interesting. Yeah, fifty ball at fourteen to one. I think it's a cracking price in the handicap herd last year. I, can, I think he'll turn up, and I think conditions will kind of allow fifty ball to run to his optimum. Uh, think think he's a cracking bet at the prices. Yeah, we're taking each other on then technically. Uh, I've just looked at the double. It pays a hundred and eleven to one best price. So if that comes in, I'm not going to bother with Cheltenham this year, and that's it with the podcast. And I've had enough of it. That's it. That double comes in, you'll never see me again. I hope so. Um, <laughs> in a nice That's way, Jim, I'd love for you to have your, to have your little, you know, your villa in Antigua or wherever you go, you know, as much black pudding as, as the eye can see. Uh, I mean that in the nicest possible way, son. Uh, 50 ball won't won't change my life, but it'll uh, maybe make, make the weekend a bit more fun. 50 ball uh, won't make my life an issue. Because if he beats Supreme Gift by a short head, then that's it. Yeah. That 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 would be a an awful one. Uh, I think we've done all right, Jim, uh, from a, on a, a, a weekend where we've got a lot of questions to answer. Uh, hopefully we still manage to find a couple of interesting bets. Anti-post. Thanks for being here, pal. Thank you for hosting once again and, and hopefully back next week, normal time, um, with a better look on things. Yeah. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you all again soon. Take care. Stay safe.